Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What, can you see that? What does it mean? Britain. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, welcome back to the 39th episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth in southern England. I'm John Pountney in South Wales, and I'm wondering what Uaz Iroh JKW means in the bottom of the screen, please. Oh, God. On what screen? On the screen I'm looking at, it says 9.42pm, Uaz Iroh JKW. What, can you see that? <laughs> What does it mean? Maybe it's some kind of esoteric kind of occult <laughs> spell. Which Enoch- just- An- Enochian language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is this? Who is coming? Yeah, I, I'm John Pountney. I'm in South Wales, which is still when I last looked in the south of Wales. I'm Ross in Dorchester, Southern England, and this time we expelled our life force. James say where he is? I wasn't listening. He does every time. I do, yes. Where do you yes. say you are, James? I'm, in pool. I'm in, in, in Bournemouth. To keep the law off my tail. Until <laughs> 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 the heat dies down. He's only said it like for 39 episodes over three years, but... I'm Ross in Dorchester, Southern England, and this time we expelled our life force. Have we, have we got to the number of episodes yet? What? What? When we can stop? No, no, no. No, <laughs> no has James read that out yet? Yeah, yes. thirty-nine. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just had a out of body experience yeah. for the whole of the start of this. Yeah. Uh, are we in a time <laughs> delay or something? Are you going to get? Oh. I think it's you reading out those magic words. It's just um. Is it, it's, it's, is it really number thirty nine? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Ross in Dorchester, Southern England, and this time we expelled our life force. What's number 40 going to be? Oh, well, we'll find oh. out at the end of the episode, don't we? Oh, for fuck's sake. I can tell you now if you want. <laughs> yeah, go on. Okay. Um, it's going to be a, a listener's choice. Oh, it's not us. But, 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 <laughs> we're going to get them to choose between... Two uh, good films. No, The Bride of Dracula, Dracula's Prince of Darkness, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, or Taste the Blood of Dracula, because those are four of the five Hammer Dracula films we haven't done yet. So, Brides yeah. of Dracula... Prince of Darkness. No, not Prince of Darkness. Risen from the Grave. No. And Taste of Blood. So they got to it's the first one or the last one. The middle two are really very boring. Okay, well. And that okay. one of them is really 60s. I'll let, you, I'll let the listener try and guess which one I think is like just the crappest 60s pile of shit going. Well, I'll have to see what they come, what they come back with, Jane. John, <laughs> James, John. Okay, back to the script. I'm Ross in Dorchester, Southern England, and this time we expelled our life force. But, but before we get before we get right back into it, can I just check? Is it Tobe or is it Toby? Who I think it's Toby. Um, right. I've always said Tobe, but I've no idea really. I don't right. care. Okay, I, I will say something <laughs> to to that that effect. I doubt second. he's right. listening. Well, you know, you know what people on the internet are like, aren't they? You know, I was going to say, has anyone else taken umbrage with this recently? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Nine, oh, good. Nineteen minutes of moronic waffle, <laughs> exactly. or whatever it was. Case in point, Prattle. Right, anyway. Prattle. Yes. I'm Ross in Dorchester, Southern England, and this time we expelled our life force. From the director of Poltergeist and the writer of Alien comes a terrifying new film. I'm getting a very small radar cross-section. 150 miles long. EGR's confirmed. Tell them we have an artificial object out here. In the tale of Haley's Comet, there's something wrong. Something ancient. Something evil. Jesus. Houston, we have a problem. Something's happening to me. Something hungry that's brought to Earth. She's destroyed worlds. That girl was no girl. She was totally alien to this planet and our life form. And totally dangerous. I've just found a body in Hyde Park. Life Force. Close your eyes. I visited your home. In my mind. Let it go! It's already spreading. You didn't stop it, it's too late. Has just begun. 
Yes, here we go. So Life Force, a.k.a. Space Vampires, is a 1985 science fiction horror film directed by Tobe or Toby. We're not 100% (laughs) sure how you say it. I'm going to say Tobe for the sake of it. Hooper, adapted by Dan O'Bannon, writer of Alien, no less. Mm. And Don Jacoby. You wouldn't guess, would you? (laughs) You It's it's such a rip. The start is such a rip off. Anyway, and Don Jacoby and starring the amazingly named Steve Railsback, Peter Firth, (laughs) Frank Finley, Matilda May, and the legend that is Sir Patrick Stewart. It also features John Forbes Robertson as the minister. And Ross has put, do you remember where we last saw him? Does anyone remember? No. He's no, in. He's either in Satanic Rites of Dracula or the the one with the masked man. So he was Dracula in the Kung Fu Dracula film we watched. Oh, I'm not. To- oh, I'm not talking about him. Yeah, I'm talking about who who played the Home Secretary because we've seen him before. As okay, well. Well, that's, that's yes. the next one. So, and Aubrey Morris as Sir Percy, the Home yeah. Secretary. So he was the uh, grave digger in the Wicker Man. Oh, yes. I knew I knew his face. Yeah. I thought he was one of the coven, Dracula's coven in um, Satanic Rites of Dracula. He's in, he's in one um, Hammer film, but I think it's the, a mummy one. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Okay. So the film is based on uh, Colin Wilson's 1976 novel, The Space Vampires, and more on Colin Wilson and the original story to this in a bit. I've done a little bit of homework, guys. Brace yourselves. It portrays the events that unfold after a trio of humanoids in a state of suspended animation are brought to Earth after being discovered in the hold of an alien spaceship. This was the first film of Hooper's three-picture deal with Canon Films. More on these gentlemen too. (laughs) (laughs) The other two films are the remake of Invaders from Mars and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Prior to Life Force, Hooper was originally offered the script for E.T., but turned it down. Spielberg then suggested Hooper direct Poltergeist, a project that he had written himself and had planned on directing. He took the job and Spielberg went on and to direct E.T., and most people also believe that he had his hands on Poltergeist 2. Uh, before Hooper, Michael Winner, no less, was offered Winners the life for- Yeah. Was, um, oh, Calm dear. down, dear. Exactly, yes. Uh, a car insurance uh, stalwart towards the end of his life was uh, offered the Life Force director's gig, but it didn't work out. And Billy Idol said he'd been offered a lead role as a vampire by Hooper, <laughs> who had directed the video for Dancing With Myself, which I will not sing at this point. Um, if if it had been... With myself. <laughs> that, that was almost Dancing with Tears in My Eyes. By <laughs> sure, then. That's exactly what it was, James, because I don't know the tune to um, Dancing, Dancing with, with Myself. <laughs> oh, I have ended up singing it anyway. Uh, anyway, he turned it down due, due to touring commitments. It has been suggested that this mm. is, in fact, a remake of Hammer Films Productions' Quatermass and the Pit. Hmm, more on that later on in an interview. I- Oh, I think it's a mixture of a lot of um, crazy. It's, it's all sorts has been chucked into the blender. It's blatantly, I was going to say basically, but it's blatantly all of the Quater masses put together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In an interview, director Toby Hooper, or Tobe Hooper, d- discussed how Canon Films gave him $25 million, free reign, and Colin Wilson's book, The Space Vampires. Hooper then shares how giddy he was. I thought I'd go back to my roots and make a 70mm hammer film. Hooper came up with the idea of using Haley's Comet in the screenplay, rather than the asteroid belt as originally used in the novel, as the comet was going to pass by the Earth. 
1986. Yes. Following could, could the you film's remember, release. There was yes, something about there was some kind of like a record that came out with like people dressed up as like creatures who lived on the Haley's oh, Comet. Oh, I don't remember that. I, I remember, remember Haley's Comet. I remember the fuss about it happening. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I reckon so, so every 76 years, isn't it? So we will probably see. What it, <laughs> well, oh, I we'll probably see it come no, back we'll again. all be dead. No, um, be hopefully there'll be a remake of this in time for the next mm-hmm. pass, pass of the comet. <laughs> so, when is the next... Cleve, you need to find out when is the next time that that's going to happen. Because okay. I'm sure in 1986, I probably thought, ooh, that's a long way the in the future. future. And now it's probably like... 2030 yeah. or something, isn't yeah. it? 2061. Oh, that's still quite far. 30 years. Anyway, I will. Anyway, um, <laughs> Colin Wilson, the author of the source material, was Ooh. unhappy with the way that the film turned out. He wrote of it. Really? <laughs> yes. John Foles, he of the French Lieutenant's woman fame, had once told me of the film that The Magus was the worst movie ever made. After seeing Life Force, I sent him a postcard telling him that I'd gone one better. <laughs> According to interviews with Bill Mallon, uh, who plays one of the male vampires, the film went over schedule during production. Because of this, some important scenes were never shot. Oh. And that is clearly the case. <laughs> and the film was shut down at one point because the studio had simply run out of money. Um, there are some huge jumps in, yeah. in narrative yes. explanation at times. Yeah. Yes. More on this to come. The film marks the fourth project to feature special effects produced by Academy Award winner and titan of the industry, John Dykstra, mm. creator of the Dykstra Flex process, no Ooh, less. What's that? That's like the special effects camera. Oh, okay. But, but, you know, right? So like when, you know, kind of when you, uh, you know, when the camera would go past spaceships, yeah. make it look like the spaceship was in flight. Oh, okay, Stunning. cool, cool. Right, so he had worked on 38 films, including, and, you know, biggest and best of all, of course. He worked on Star Wars. He was the kind of lead SFX guy on the original Star Wars and then had a falling out with John Lucas. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, 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 blasphemy. <laughs> Wait, what has just happened to my brain? John Lucas. John Lucas? Uh, whoa, oh, we just, that is, is that a Mandela effect? Are we slipping oh, into the oh, oh my God. Oh no, leave that in. But God, that is that is like actual blasphemy for me and I'm so sorry to any fellow Star Wars fans <laughs> listening. He had a falling, John, John Dykstra had a falling out with George Lucas, yes. which led him to leave uh, Industrial Light and Magic. This is all really beautiful. Yeah, there's. Uh, if you've got Disney Plus, there's a really brilliant, um, like, multi-part documentary about the history of Industrial Light and Magic, and they they go into this in quite forensic detail. Oh, it's cool. good. Oh, yeah. oh, it's good. It's really worth watching. Um, that's like when he came back from like shooting it in England, and they'd done none of the special effects yeah, shots, yeah. and he almost had a mental breakdown. They was all having awesome. like sitting in a bin outside. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for, for a paddling pool. Yeah. 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 Anyway, all right. So, oh, once again, we're only going to get one star here, aren't we? Yeah. Um, he also works on, of course, then Star Trek, the motion picture, Batman Forever and I Batman knew, and Robin. I, yeah. I thought there's a big um, Star Trek motion picture feel to the yeah. start of this. Especially how yes. the, the, um, the, the EVP, the, yes. the spaceship, uh, spacesuits are flying around in space. Yes. 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 Interesting. Uh, and he then also went on to work on the original, I'm, I'm assuming, Ross, yes. the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1 and 2, and then the last three Quentin Tarantino films. Oh, um, wow. 
his last IMDb credit, unfortunately, is that fan-made Spider-Man film that's getting some justified heat because the racist slurs are used by some of the cast while promoting the film. Good grief. Right. The umbrella-like alien spaceship was modelled after an artichoke, whilst the miniature London destroyed in the film was actually the remains, as discussed in the last episode, of Tuctonia a model village near where Ross and I grew up, uh, near Christchurch. Um, Those parts were um, just amazing. (laughs) I thought they were fantastic. Uh, This film looks so expensive, but it's the biggest pile of shit. It's just, I absolutely loved it. I went into this film thinking, ah, another pile of crap that Cleve has chosen. (laughs) It's going to be like fucking... That, yeah, it, it's going to be extra again on a fucking um, awful uh, Jack the Ripper film. Mm. And from the first minute, I was like, this is really engrossing. It's absolute rubbish. Uh, what, what amazed me is that it came out the year before Alien, or in my mental canon, the same year as uh, Aliens. Because I oh, thought Aliens, this came, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah, this no, came I... out in 1986. And this couldn't be as far from aliens in and aliens was probably shot in england as well wasn't yep. it so yes it like, certainly was yes like why is this set in britain there's so many questions about, <laughs> yeah well i think the whole like, why it, is the guy that made the texas chainsaw massacre then come to do a film with it, like shots of the houses of parliament in it i, th- I really <laughs> think that he purposes. was i think he was a massive um quasimass fan and i really yeah. think he was trying to do quasimass for 25 million pounds yeah yeah Anyway, but more again, more on the on the Globus, uh, the, the the Globus brothers, who are the the the, the creative forces behind Canon in, in a in a second. So it yeah. says the uh, initial director's cut was 128 minutes long. This is 12 minutes longer than the final version, which had oh. several scenes cut, most of them taking place on the space space shuttle Churchill. According mm. to an interview he gave on the UK talk show Woke. And in 1985, most of Nicholas Ball's performance ended up on the cutting room floor. And Matilda May, who plays Naked Space Vampire Lady, uh, that's the official name in the script, uh, had to learn her lines phonetically for her, her audition as Space Girl because she didn't know any English at the time. She then went on to learn the language during the six months that she had spent in England during this movie. Now, Patrick Naked. Stewart <laughs> yeah, has, uh, yes, has said several times that Hooper was his favourite director to work with, which Ross has put is rather unkind <laughs> to Jonathan Franks. <laughs> Fair point. So before we get into this properly and, and never see the breakdown, I the, the two things that I really, really wanted to point out to, to the audience before we get we get into the meat of it all. I can get back to looking at you yeah. guys again now. Hello. Um, is number one, of course, this is a canon group movie. And for our generation, the the canon group, oh my god, they made such such a wide, wide, wide variety of films. Like, for example, they took up and did like the Death Wish sequels. Um, yeah. Yes, they did. Mission in Action. Um, the, uh, yeah, Missing in Action and Delta Force with Chuck Norris. American Ninja. American Ninja. Um, <laughs> ama- Superman 4. And amazingly, yes, when really? uh, when the Soul Kinds gave up on the... Um, the, the rights to Superman, they put, they said, oh, we'll have them. And they, they, they did Superman 4 in Milton Keynes. Of yes. 
Famously, Maybe they forget- just loved Britain. <laughs> well, tax, tax. Because they got massive tax like, breaks, didn't that they? That film was like 86 or 87, wasn't it? They had huge tax breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive tax breaks. Uh, and then, of course, the Master of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I love that film. Whoa. And, and if, just by dear listener, if you're listening to this going, wow, yes, you know, this was a slice of my childhood as well. Mm. I beseech you all, you can, you can watch it on... It's on I'm YouTube. Sure number, uh, well, there you are. Uh, Ross is saying YouTube. It's available. You can. Uh, it's on Amazon as well. Uh, and it's called Electric Boogaloo, the wild untold story of Canon Films. And it's fantastic. It's really, really, it's really good. It's a tremendous yeah. couple of hours. So yeah, I really wanted to get that. Well, basically, uh, they used to the make up posters for films which hadn't been made yeah. and then go to yeah. Cannes and like sell them. As if they've sold them, and then if they got enough money, then they would go away. They're make them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Traffic. Um, if I was to pitch this film in that mm. style, and I did, I did this to you both earlier as a voice note. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Directs Alien in the style of a Timothy Dalton Bond film, yeah. <laughs> which is quite hard to. Um, I put Alien written by James Herbert, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But also it's a bit... Um, or maybe it's Moonraker remade by... Um, it's just mad. Basically, if you put a, a gestalt together... Is gestalt the right word, yep. James? Yes. Of yes, our three brains, this would be... <laughs> this would, yeah. this there, film there, there would be our three brain. Yeah. You can, Absolutely. You can guess the parts which are Cleaver's parts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then me and James get the rest of the narrative. But um, it's just wild, isn't it? What yeah. a it film. is Someone, crazy. I put on Twitter today, um, is mm. any, do people, what do people think of this film? And loads of our um, followers are saying they love it. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. one person said, it's a mate. Uh, so this is um, Xenon, oh, it's a long name, Muck. Yep. Nor- Laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Xenon McLaughlin has said. Um, McLaughlin? Might be that. Probably, I I yeah. can't read. It says it's amazing. If you don't like one genre of horror, after five minutes it becomes something be different. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Space yeah. horror, vampire, zombies, possession, worldwide hysteria, all in one movie. But, yeah, it really <laughs> only reminds... some of which will be explained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really reminded me of Fear Eyes Only because it's got the guy in Fear Eyes Only who disappears and then you're just told <laughs> that he's died off screen. Yeah. It really reminds ah. me of Moonraker for obvious reasons because it's got the um, spatials and stuff mm-hmm. in it. Um, and it really reminds me of the Dalton one where the guys come into the um, farm or whatever it is. And I think they've got like grenades. Living in daylights. Bottles. <laughs> yeah. Living daylights. <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's like it's shot in the same way. Whatever film stock it's shot mm-hmm. on looks the same. Yeah. It looks like you've kind mm. of. It's almost a bit like um, Last Action Hero with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, where it's mm. like a film that is homaging other films. But actually, it came out before some of those films. Yeah. Or it's got no knowledge of other films. Obviously, it really rips off Quatermass Experiment. The ideas of Quatermass and the Pit with the aliens being us, mm. and then mm-hmm. the ending with all the life forces being beamed up to the spaceship is the the Quatermass conclusion, which was just called Quatermass when it was mm. on Yeah. So that's that's the storyline. But in itself it is it's a beautiful thing. I gotta say, I I I first time I watched it, I kept falling asleep and I was like, ah. 
Even, says that in everything. But everything. even though, even at the beginning, because I, I felt like you can tell that the space bit was uh, was truncated because everything was almost like there's a little bit of this, a little bit. Of, it was just oh, so he, fast. He, he, all the cuts yeah. were like, "Well, oh, we've seen a spaceship. We're, um, we're getting close to it. Well, we're on board of it." And it was, and, and it was all cut together. It felt like they were really rushing that part. Um, so it was a quite. But even though that was happening, I kept dropping off. But when I was watching it again at double speed, it's it's brilliant. When you watch it at double speed, you're like. <laughs> Especially like the bits at the end with all the explosions and stuff. You go, oh, wow, look at this. I said, so I did a bit of homework uh, because Colin Wilson, the guy who wrote this, he's a very interesting character. If you're, if you're not aware of who Colin Wilson is. In the 1960s, he wrote a hugely popular, a massively influential book called The Outsider, in which um, it was sort of quasi-philosophical. Some people call him like a, a neo-existentialist. Uh, but in short, it's like a literary review of the role of the outsider and what that means. So, for example, in Albert Camus' same titled mm. novel, The Outsider, mm. um, in, the, in the, the protagonists in D.H. Lawrence and things such as that, and then even kind of relating it to figures such as Jesus and saying, you know, what does the role of the outsider mean to, to humans? Yeah, and, and Rowdy Roddy and, Piper and, um, and they live. And they live. You've, you've got it, right? Now, this book was a massive hit. Um, huge, huge. I, you know, I think it's kind of lost sometimes in the fog of history from the 60s, how big The Outsider was. Um, he then sort of wrote, he said this was going to be like part of a trilogy. And then the next two parts of it were really panned. Mm. So it's kind <laughs> of him as a philosopher Mm, that didn't really work out but then he kind of kept going as a writer and if you spend some time just have a you know a cursory glance at the old wikipedia page you'll see that he then got really into the occult oh cool right yeah right and uh and here we go for this novel and then started <laughs> writing about life after space death, vampires mm. space vampires this and like space vampires is like his 53rd novel or something like that Whoa. he was extremely proficient and this is just this this is the description of the novel and bearing in mind what we're going to be talking about in a bit you can really see how you know the things that we've already said which is this film is like four different things in one and there's so much different stuff listen to the original dna of it and then we can point out how madly they go and riff on it so it says, in the late 21st century, so already di different, far out in a nearby asteroid belt, a gigantic derelict castle-like alien spaceship is oh. discovered by the space exploration vehicle Hermes. Mm. Obviously not. Not Churchill. Um, no, not not, uh, not Church Churchill anymore. And the space shuttle Churchill with a picture of Edmund Haley in it. Yeah. <laughs> a real big picture of Edmund Haley, which was bonkers. Anyway, right, so this vehicle commanded by Captain <laughs> o Olaf Carlson, investigating the spaceship's interior. The astronauts first discover the desiccated corpses of giant bat-like creatures. Big tick, yep. The three glass coffins, tick, containing three immobilized humanoids, two male and one female, tick. Preserved in a state of suspended animation. Returning to Earth with the preserved humanoids, Carlson discovers the true nature of the beings when one of them kills a young reporter, who oh. Carlson illicitly allowed to view the body. The woman kills her victim by completely draining his life force, and when Carlson attempts to intervene, partially draining him of energy as well. Carlson survives, but is unable to pre prevent the woman from escaping from the hospital. Carlson joins forces with Dr. Hans Falada. Oh, oh, okay. So, so now not a man from the SAS oh, yeah, we need to talk in about a that. trench coat, yeah. a, a scientist researching energy vampirism and longevity to find the escape vampire and recapture her. In the course of their investigations, they discover that the aliens can transfer from one body to another. 
and that the other two have also escaped. And they also discover the potential for any energy vampirism and more generalized voluntary energy transfer that exists in all humans. And the parallels between vampirism, uh, criminality, and sexual fetishization. fetishization. No. All right. Um. At last, Carlson tracks down the vampires in London, their leader having possessed the body of the prime minister. Uh. But their confrontation is averted when, and now here we go, from the representatives from the Neoth Korgai, the vampire's original race, appear and offer the vampires, the Ubo Salfa, as they call themselves, the chance to regain their original nature as higher dimensional energy beings. The vampires accept joyfully, but then destroy themselves upon regaining the ability to see themselves for what they had become. Oh. Set an energy set an epilogue set nearly a century later reveals that Carlson had used the techniques of benevolent benevolent energy transference he'd learned via his encounters with the vampires to live an extraordinarily long life oh. and possibly had achieved a kind of transcendence upon his death. Uh, that sounds right. very 60s, doesn't yeah. it? So it does, right? And how more kind of philosophical life after yes. deathy, and also occult. how more occult and yeah. more low key. That is. Yeah. This does not fe- feature London going totally bonkers. Or people exploding. And- <laughs> or people or exploding. A naked you know. woman appearing for 98% like, of the film. Into the film, <laughs> exactly. So there's some bits like, so when I read that, I was like, oh, I get it, right. Okay, because all of a sudden, when it's suddenly cut to the, she's in somebody else's body now, and it's yeah. a different actress. I was like, what the fuck? What? Why, why is that <laughs> happening? And it's like, oh, okay, right. So that was in the book. But the yeah. way that it's handled, is so mad and so quick and yes. as we were just saying clearly either bits weren't filmed or bits were cut yeah. but anyway there you go so dear listener there you go that was the original story and now we can kind of uh kind of drive straight into it so for, for 40 minutes in in that's right <laughs> the film starts this is dedicated to um What's his name, Cleve? So who do we dedicate this episode oh, to? Mr. Moronic Pratt, or I can't remember. Yeah, what name. was his name? Oh, I can't remember. So we've done right. 40 minutes before starting mm. the yeah. film, which I think is a titanic effort, boys. Well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, spaceship. They find a big spaceship. They go they in do. there. Uh, like you said, John, very Star, Star Trek the motion picture, isn't it? it super, mm. yeah. Yes, 100%. And, and there's um, bat creatures in there, and it looks a bit HR Giga, and it's all, uh, but not quite as good as Alien. And then yes. you remember that the guy who wrote Alien wrote this film this. or something. <laughs> <laughs> with, bits, with notes found down the back of his sofa. No, no. Uh, but, but, it, but I also. It's a very strange seeing a British space um, program. All isn't this, it? the oh, British part is hilarious. Just very odd. And that's what, I think that's what really. If this film had been set in, you know, America, I think I would have thought this is rubbish. But the Britishness of it, where you've got this kind of big money American production with mm. n- not quite A-list British actors appearing in it. Some are A-list now, like Patrick Stewart. But Patrick mm. Stewart at the time was just a theatre actor. Mm. Um, Frank Finlay was a very big TV mm. actor. Um, but you've got loads of um, Doctor Who um, villains and people. The guy from Ghostlight in this, you've got the guy from the Green Death in it who turns into a mummy. Um, so, yeah, they go. So, uh, 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 one of Hugo Drax's um, 
recommissioned um what do you call them space shuttles is in space mm. yeah. yes with with some big <laughs> with some big solar wings which yes. look like they just fall off if it actually flew anywhere. Yeah, but, but these enormous solar wings, when they fold them up, where do they go? Go. Because they're yeah. so big, it would just take up the whole space. And, and also, the interiors of the spaceship are much, much bigger than a spaceship. Huge. Yeah. I thought yeah. that. It was very roomy. <laughs> and also, I, I really love how they went in the voiceover. They went, and it's it's got to Halley's Comet firing a new, uh, a, a new form of accelerate engine, which yeah. means that there's no zero gravity on board. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, because they can't be bothered <laughs> to float them <laughs> to around. Do yeah. zero gravity. But of course, properly. when it stops, there's still there's still gravity, isn't yeah. there? Um, so then they go, they see this big spaceship that looks a bit like a big a hundred and something miles long, isn't it? Long yeah, is it's like a big yeah. umbrella or something. So they're like. Mm. Oh, let's go and have a look at that. And it's um, it's 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 hiding in in Haley's Comet, isn't it? So yeah. In the t- they go in and have a look, and um, it's basically the same as the spaceship in the start of Alien Inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then they find, and then they find these big bat creatures, which is basically the same as um, Quatermass in the Pit when they find the insect creatures yes. in the spaceship because they're also desiccated. desiccated. Yeah. <laughs> But then um, they go into another room, which looks a bit like um, a Bradley Walsh kind of um, quiz show set. <laughs> um, where there's a two naked men and a naked woman. I put it like a mixture between Cerebro and um, uh, Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, a little yeah. bit like, so yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of Perspex. Yeah, yeah. The yes. most, and I've put down Perspex, the most science fiction of, of materials, <laughs> isn't it? They're like, what is this? I was like... Uh, so, it's the thing so, that we all had to make a box out of in GCSE yeah, World Work. CDT, was, yeah, <laughs> So later on, they say that they'd taken the form of what they wanted to see when they were coming there, mm, yes. uh, which is which is interesting that that the the women also managed to have makeup put, put on yeah. as well. Um, yes. So if I'd gone in that spaceship, I would have seen a 1966 Mini Cooper S Mark II <laughs> <laughs> that would have been talking to me through the grill, maybe. Because um, they're, they're like about £25,000 now. I'm never going to be able to afford So what do they... They they all decide they want to have a cut-up with the lady, don't they, basically? <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah, just basically saying... And this is something they didn't really explain. He starts saying, I feel like I've been here before. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, René! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, they're all like saying how like hot she is, and then, and then yeah. like the female um, people on the ship are like rolling their eyes. But yes. you'd think like they would be like someone later on. Someone says that they were overwhelmingly sexually attracted to someone, and it was I've just, written that line down. Ross, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, but you'd think that the women would be having the same reaction to the men the, yes. on there as well, but it's right. not. It- the women, they're the, most, they're the, more the women on the spaceship, at this point, are the only positive um, um, personification of women in this We're, entire film. Absolutely, yes. But either they, um, they're seen as this mad vampire, naked woman, um, um, uh, uh, for some reason, a psychiatric nurse who is taken over and then becomes a kind of, but also uh, into bondage, like yeah, a kind of mm. sex worker type person, um, for no apparent reason. And then in a sequence that looked a bit like Last of the Summer Wine. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's, get and the, the, let's talk about when we get to it. Yeah, okay. All right. So where are we? So they've decided to take the, the um, naked people back into the spaceship now, haven't they? Yeah. So they've, but they've got one of the bat things. So they get a big... Um, Cargo net. Um, yeah, they get a big net to put over that. Yes. Which obviously n- you've not seen any of those, any of them carry those nets into the spaceship. No. 
Uh, what? That's what I put. I put down that my thing is they say, quick, let's let's put the desiccated one in a specimen bag. And I've just put, it's yeah. just a big net. Yeah. Where, where, this, where this big but net is. But none of you have carried. Yeah. It's just which I handily have here. It's just like the yeah. web which Nicholas Hammond's Spider Man would Spider-Man. used to like fling out from under <laughs> yeah. his wrist. Yeah. <laughs> and then and also. I haven't taken notes then, so I can't remember what happens. Next okay, what happens. so then after that, they it then kind of cuts to they're like, right, okay, well let's or get thirty back. days later, isn't later, it? Later, yeah. that's right. And then I, put, as you said, John, I put down. They they then say, oh, admission control, Great Britain, and yeah. I said that's just naturally funny. Yeah, just yeah. the notion that we would be in charge in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Yeah, and, 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 and we, country, and we yeah. we know what mission control looks like in Houston. Mission yes, Control yeah. in, in England is a man sitting in an office with with net curtains up, uh, <laughs> watching television on a Rumbelow's like um, rented TV in the very, corner and smoking the, heavily. Hold. Yeah, the, many many official buildings were very were sparsely yes. attended yes. too, yeah. weren't they? More of that, right? Okay, so we then find out um, don't we, that, that basically the space shuttle has come back. They can't get in contact with them in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Fortunately, NASA managed to get a space shuttle up in about yes. 10 seconds. Yeah, which, of yeah, course, yeah, if you know yeah, yeah. anything about how long it takes. Columbia. To, 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 to prep for a flight. And you know they're nonsense. American because they're wearing baseball caps when they go yeah. up. Whereas yeah. the British ones weren't. And they also say rescue on them, which I think is quite cool. Because it's like mm. a, a special rescue space shuttle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we, we they then find, as you know, they... They get hold of the Churchill and they find out that it's been... <laughs> <laughs> it's pencil, isn't it? It does sound like an innuendo. It's oh, oh, this whole film is an innuendo. Grab hold of my Churchill. It's it, literally it gets... like a comic strip presents. <laughs> At um, times it is. It absolutely you, you expect is. Mel... Um, what's his name that died of codeine? Mel Smith. Mel yeah, Smith. you expect him and all the others to turn up. More as a matter of speech. Yeah. Um, well, the, the British captain of uh the uh or the british co-captain of the churchill um he often appeared with mel smith in do you remember colin sandwich Ooh. a sitcom he did that's tickling the back of my mind and yeah he was again sorry listeners especially sorry our foreign listeners wow but that was a sitcom that mel smith did where he worked in the complaints department of a, of a train company back or yeah, back yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. british rail yeah so like british rail complaints and so that was just the setting it was just his life working in the complaints department of British Colin Rail, and it's called Colin Sandwich. <laughs> and he was one of the co-workers, I believe. Anyway, there you go. Everything's connected. Um, so when the American astronauts I'm get on board the Churchill, now. yeah, do it. They they find that a fire has broken out, which is you know that looks quite good. Yeah, uh, everyone's been killed. The, the, but, but then uh, we don't know uh, what the deal is with the astronauts because it's really hard to identify the bodies. But our space vampire friends are untouched inside their Perspex boxes. So they're still in there. But then we're also told that the uh, escape shuttle or the escape thing, which, weirdly enough, despite the fact it's a massive, massive crew, is only big enough for one person. (laughs) (laughs) And also looks like the top of a rocket, because that's where the the escape capsule used to be. But but they kept that and just put it inside the the shuttle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, So they're like, oh, so maybe someone got out yeah. dun, 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 dun. but why does it take him several days to get to earth yeah <laughs> who, well who knows Ross there's, there's that well, and also we'll get into it in a bit we'll find out uh, you know in the uh, as, as the film goes on we find out that what he he was hell bent on those space vampires not getting to earth mm-hmm. so I just thought why not just point, point it in the other direction yeah. In yeah, the, yeah into yeah. the depths of space or into yeah. the fucking sun 
<laughs> rather yeah. than, ah, I'll set fire to it and then try and jump out of it. Yes. It's all slightly weird. Anyway, more on that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. So anyway, so the um, our space vampires are taken back to Mission Control Great Britain, hilariously. Yeah. Um, and then they start to kind of prod around and examine them. Uh, the bit, once again, very innuendo-esque. They said, oh, uh, um, how have we, you know, how have we managed to get into the, uh, the, 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 uh, the case of the, the, the one, the one alien. And he just went, it popped open of its own accord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strange turn of yeah. phrase. And, um, just like my trousers. Yeah. Yes. And, and the exactly. guy who's left to guard them, they guard the woman. One person. Yeah, one person. Yeah. One person is the fir- on guard. The first aliens they ever found, find found ever. In- yeah. But once that bothered, yeah. yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna have a look at her boobs, <laughs> and tries to sort of like pull back the um space the, boobs, yeah, space boobs, and then she comes alive, doesn't she? It she looks, does. The Surprise. building they're in looks a bit like D.D. Denham's headquarters in Satanic Rites of Dracula, of yes. <laughs> and I like to think that 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 this film happens in the same world, yeah, Dracula's upstairs. Well, that's also a film where a, a great plague is meant to visit planet Earth, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Brought about by Count Dracula himself. So I, oh, I yes. like to think Ooh. that those those these two films are in the same canon. And it's about vampires. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is amazing. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, our, you know, so our space vampire, she kind of breaks out ha- having absorb the life force of uh of the one guy and leaving him for dead turns uh, him into eddie from um iron maiden <laughs> yes, he, <does. laughs> he looks uh he looks very desiccated himself too but it's when they uh, when they start doing that the sucking the life force out uh, yeah of, of, they the were guy. very pleased with weren't they yeah they were very yeah. pleased with that special effect so yeah. the guy uh the the head of the space um space station place he's watching mm. it on his tv and then yeah, he, yes. he he's the he, he seems to be the only person in the building and he just mm. pegs it and they yeah. show him running down lots of stairs Says, going in through a very mo- dramatic way yeah going through <laughs> lots and lots of glass doors yes yeah. <laughs> door after door after there door was, why yeah. were there all those doors <laughs> yeah. there's no need to and he's the man from um your eyes only isn't he? he's very good in for your eyes only where he's the villain in for your eyes only oh. one of the villains oh. um okay. yeah and then but, she's um, then she sucks the life force out of him as well well only a little yes. bit yeah only a wee bit yeah 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 i said but, um, kind of keeping it close to i said the original when you know she t- took a little bit of the life force of the uh the captain but so, why yes. she does this is not explained really no, is it absolutely maybe she was full up she was mm, maybe yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. then, um, they, they, they say, quick, the alien, the, you know, she's escaped. And, and they go, don't yeah. worry. She, she's, she's one woman. She won't be able to get out of this building. Yeah. <laughs> um, which she then does with absolute consummate ease by using a yes. combination of kind of space vampire powers. Yeah. Basically being able to turn on a very powerful wind machine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sort she of breaks blow some windows. Out. Well, she uses right. power she doesn't use later on in the film. Like she, she, she can use like the force to sort of like yes. move things around. She's, the glass. she's yeah, got yeah, that yeah. effect, which they did a lot in the original Star Trek when someone would touch one and it'd make it like an electric shock sort of sound. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, yeah. this whole building is um, guarded by three 
free men. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> eating biscuits. Yes. Yeah. And One of them tries to capture a using with a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> we all got that. So she walks down the stairs. And once again, it is like a British kind of sitcom sex comedy. <laughs> oh, boy, my dearie. What's going on here? Oh, what's all this? And again, they don't seem over worried about it. But then as no. the, as my two my two colleagues have just said, one of the security guards goes, come here. It's all right. It's all right. And then tries to entice her with what looks like a custard cream biscuit. Yeah. Which is quite remarkable, really. And then she like, force chokes him. Like, him today, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just walks but straight out. Do you think that the director had, and the, the actor, they had a bit of a meeting about what, this, said, I, I'm going to try and do? improvise this scene. What I'm going to try mm. and do is I'm going to try and tempt her with a biscuit. <laughs> so Pooper is like, yeah, that's a great idea, man. Like, I, I, I feel my character is a man who's been in security for most of his life, but there's something inside him. There's a spark of ingenuity, Tobe. There's a spark of ingenuity. And I, I feel he may use a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong to suggest this? And I think Toby Hooper said, I don't know, because the last film Spielberg did what? all this. So yeah, just <laughs> do what you sure. want. Sure. It's... Are we saying that he supposedly directed Poltergeist? Yeah. When you mm. you listen to uh, look at it, a lot of the people said um, he just set it all up, and then Spielberg yeah. just would turn up and direct it. Well, that's it's obviously a Spielberg film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It feels I think there was something he wasn't allowed to direct two films at the same time, so mm. that he just got some. Oh. <laughs> because he was doing ET just just around the corner at the same. So. Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? Well, it's amazing that you know at that point in his life, you know, he made. I think Poltergeist is one of is amazing. He just yeah. made those both films like simultaneously, and he, and he had the sort of the energy to do that. It's yeah, insane, it's mad. Yeah. So, so also Frank, after Frank this, Finney is just hanging around there oh, in the middle of the yeah, night. Yeah, Frank well. Finney. Right. It, it, um, he's um in uh, what's the word introduced at this point, isn't he? Yeah. Just yes. As, yeah. As so he's a scientist. He's a scientist, but then he also says. I'm a necromancer yeah. or something it, yeah. Yeah. bonkers. Yeah, it just well, takes any opportunity to just go, what do you think happens after people die? Whoa, <laughs> yeah. Russ, Russ, Russ. Yeah. But before Hang that, on. before that, you know, the the first time the human race has ever come across an alien being, alien. it's escaped. Mm-hmm. You just send one man from the SAS to come and sort it out. You don't. But, yeah. And why the SAS? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I, 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 knew, I knew this had come because, guys, this was peak SAS. <laughs> yeah. By this point, they had exploded into the public's consciousness, especially Who in this country. Wins, is it? Yeah. Who dares wins with Lewis Collins? We'd had the Iranian yeah. embassy siege, mm-hmm. and this notion of they are like our elite fighting force. They can so do therefore, if it's, yeah, yeah, basically they can do the lots. Um, but however, he doesn't turn up in uniform. He just turns up in, in like this in, in yeah. polo neck and a trench coat, which he's very fond of. Yeah. He's never without this, without the trench coat. And the actor who plays him, he went, I, I thought, where do I know him from? What was it? He was in the hunt for Red October. Yeah. He was also, oh, he's, he's, he's in one all of the Russians. In, yeah. He's in Spooks or something. Yeah. Isn't, yes, he? isn't he the yeah. main guy in Spooks? Yeah. 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 Uh, and he was in a thing just before, no, a, he was in a sci-fi BBC thing slightly before this, maybe five years before this, called the flip side of Dominic Hyde, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which which is quite uh, niche, but actually really good fun, and 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 I um, heartily recommend that to our listener. Yeah, um, I'm just looking up. I think Frank Frank Finlay did play Van Helsing at one point. Ooh. 
Um, Falada. Did he play? Yeah, he played Van Helsing in the 1997 BBC Count Dracula, where Louis Jordan was Dracula. So he's got previous as a kind of vampire slayer, so he knows his stuff. Um, He plays this part very much as Van Helsing, doesn't he? It's Mm. a very kind of um, stoic uh, man of science who, for some reason, keeps talking to people about his pet philosophy, which is what happens after death. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this is marvellous. So, And again, so I've brought up all the character names so we don't do that dreadful thing for our dear listeners going, then the bloke, then the man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So They've not got very memorable names, have they? They But, so the SAS commander, who is is Kane, Kane. uh, he he then turns up, um, and I've put, thank Christ, the army have finally arrived. (laughs) Um, The press have also got wind that something's gone down. Yes, this Um, bit's great. And also something which I thought, oh man, that's that's something you don't really hear anymore. He goes, look, gentlemen, this is a denotice situation. Yeah, I love a denotice. And, yeah, me too, John. And for our foreign listeners, that is it in in Great Britain. If something is so top secret, they don't want the press to report it. They can slap a denotice on D-notice. them, which says that you cannot report this. This will, yes. this will be you know in defence of the realm. So. Uh-uh. So that was quite cool. Well, they take um, a man's camera off him, take the film out, give it out. back to him, and then say, yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened to you, John? No. <laughs> right. It's very British, though, isn't it? Right. Sorry, old man. And then we then get kind of, um, so Kane sort of tries to piece together what's gone on. Um, and he then is talking to Frank Finley, who is Falada, and there's the amazing line in which he says to, um, oh no, wait, first of all, at this point as well, don't we then find out that, that, um, Carlson has made it back to earth? Not yet. No. Okay. Okay. Because all I'll say is, because I can't remember who said it. Sorry, listeners. But at one point he says, it was the most overwhelming feminine presence I've ever encountered. In which, and then the response was sexual. <laughs> yes. Overwhelming. And horrible. <laughs> and thought, Come on, mate. It made Come me on. think of I'm Mrs. Sorry. Thatcher in the 80s. <laughs> And then, as Ross mentions, there is the most incredible piece of dialogue. It was worth watching the movie for. So, <laughs> Kane talks to Falada, and they're talking about, he's like, so, you're, I know you're a, so Kane says, I know you're a scientist. I don't, you know, t- tell me what's going on here. And he's like, well, you may know that I'm a scientist, but I'm also in, in, interested in the afterlife. And I mean, most people don't like to talk about such things. And then he goes to him, well, Kane says to Falada, is there life after death? Falada goes, do you really want to know? There is a long pause. And he Kate goes, no. <laughs> and, goes, and, then Frank, and, and then Falada goes, so anyway, in answer to your question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is mental. Uh, whilst this happens, the alien is just wandering around wandering the British. About London. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's life after? Do you want to know? I'm actually now you said no. Well, I'm going to tell you. It's yes. <laughs> and then he doesn't go. How do you fucking know? Yeah. And what's this going to do with anything? With anything. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, amazing, Dear amazing. Listener, this film is an absolute masterpiece. There's a really nice shot now of like the camera going in between the two coffin male coffins, which I thought was a really nice shot. And then going mm-hmm. up to where they've been um, guarded by 
the uh, they've obviously brought in the army, and then the men mm. get up, and then the, the soldiers are shooting the male aliens. And I thought that that was very reminiscent of Terminator. Like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very well done as well. That the bullets go in and it looks very realistic. Lots of broken yeah. glass flying around with people. Yeah. 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 To be honest, visually, this film is well directed and it looks glossy and it, it's hard to put your finger on what makes this watchable and what, what makes something like Extro unwatchable. Mm. And, I, and I don't know what it is. $28 million, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, I watched this engrossed and thought this is brilliant because it's just it's i really thought you would you would say i didn't watch it (laughs) i thought you was gonna say i got halfway through and i stopped no i loved it because it was just like (laughs) and now we're bringing out patrick stewart (laughs) to do a mad here he comes to do a mad turn on the floor where (laughs) oh no i'll go yeah hang on on. let's get to it right so, as Ross says, amazingly, once again, not only are these the first ever aliens we've ever encountered, but we now know that they are deadly and that yeah. they, right? So, therefore, we will leave them guarded by two paratroopers, one of whom yeah. looks less fit than me. Yeah. And he looks, I was like, come on, I think they'd have a few more people around them than this. Yes. But anyway, they obviously, they too wake up and exit or seemingly exit they seem to just sort of get past the paratroopers no problems you don't uh, see what whatsoever. happens at all i don't think you, you do that's, not that's that's no. just but whilst the machine guns are going off do you have another shot of them all running through the corridors and running through all the glass yeah, doors yeah, and stuff yeah, to get yeah, there? yeah 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 mm. Yeah, yeah. So they then decide that um, that what they're going to do is they're going to do an autopsy on the guy who the space a the the space yes. lady the, the who uh, the guy who wanted to touch her and she took his life force and so they're about to do the autopsy on him and oh he's not dead but it's an amazing it's model isn't it this bit's really good yeah <laughs> he it reminded me of the alien of like Mac from Mac and Me yeah. the <laughs> McDonald's knockoff of E.T. Well, it's, it's it's Eddie without his denim uh, clothes on and his leather jacket leather waistcoat um it is for for animatronics at the time i think it's really really good apparently it took um, 10 days to film that sequence oh my god yeah um so like he so basically he's a desiccated like corpse which comes back alive and then he there's so the first case of which happens a lot where lots of people are just standing watching yes looking scared, looking scared. Ah! lots of reaction shots well, he's, so basically, the desiccated, like uh, half dead one, sucks the life force out of another one, another person, so, and yeah, then he yes. comes back to normal, but then turns the other person into like a zombie. Well, he he, he yes. starts necking with a guy, doesn't he? But there's n- absolutely no question of any homosexual content within this film whatsoever. No. So what no. I'm saying is that that. Um, it's fine for it to be woman on man sexual lust, mm. but when a man, when the man vampire pulls in a, 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 another man, they're not all suddenly saying, "Oh my god!" You know, that it was man overwhelmingly sexual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they yeah. just forget that part totally, <laughs> and it's just like another guy gets his face sucked off. But <laughs> um, and then he he becomes young again, then doesn't? Yeah, he? then he gets yes. sedated by one of. But you think, why would they have? The drugs to date someone in a room where you're doing an autopsy. An autopsy, just in case, they, just in case they come alive, and then you need to sedate them. Yeah. He's not dead. <laughs> and amazingly, they then say, "Put him in an isolation cell." And when we see it later on, that's just the storage cupboard. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they keep yeah. like loads of bottles of bleach. Yeah. Right. 
So, um, what then? What then happens is um, we—is that when they then get the, uh, the the home secretary involved, Percy? Does he turn up at that point? <laughs> no. Before that, they, they, they oh, hang on a second. I'm just spinning. No, they get they get word that they found the body of the woman in the park. Oh right. yes. So they, all, so they go to the yeah, park right. and they turn out. And go, no, it's a different woman. Um, it, because it's a desiccated. Um, and they it turns How out. How many a, times are we going to say desiccated yeah. in this podcast? <laughs> uh, um, and it's a sex worker. Um, who right. is the, it? Yeah, because they say yes. she was a sex worker, which the Whoa. the space alien woman has stolen her clothes, which turns out later on to be like a purple rubber mac. Like, yeah. When you see it, when you actually see what clothes she's taken. Is that what happens? Yeah, and then there's mm. two boys who were saying, "Oh, we was watching them because we thought, you know, there might be, a, you know, some dirt." Yeah, the, yeah, li- yeah. the line is Ross. If we thought we came back because, well, if we could see them doing something, <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> like, that's what they say. In a, this and this scene was written pervs. by James Herbert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, teen pervs are involved. Yep. So then they take the the uh, the SES take the the desiccated sex worker back to the um, mm. back to the. Uh, Headquarters, and that's they- the only time that line is going to be used in this podcast, isn't it? Desiccated <laughs> sex worker. Sex worker. <laughs> it's an amazing. That's, I know that's they're your next op- t-shirt, Ross. They're opening on um, the John Peel stage next year in Glastonbury. And they're, a, <laughs> they're an absolutely great band. That's desiccated sex <laughs> worker. And then they, for some reason, go. I think I know. There's a pattern with what's happening here. They they work. Mm. They say something like every four hours they need to yeah. feed two hours, two hours or something. Yes. Um, so they go down into the the isolation um, cell, which, like James said, is like the base a storage, uh, storage in the, basement. the basement. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the uh, the original guy who became young suddenly goes old again. Yeah. And then they start poking him with a broomstick again. <laughs> this is like, price... and then he blows up. Yeah, it just starts crumbling around. This is like the priceless scientific like value, yeah. or, like, so, But this is just poke it around with a and again. The only, only, the only two scientists in Britain who are allowed to do anything, yeah. and that's what the Hoosepi turns, turns up with his, uh, yeah. with his, um, with his bow tie. And again, there's lots of like reaction shots of like, Ooh, yes, Ooh. there is a and really was- good effect where the other, the um, the baddie from the Green Death in Doctor Who throws himself at the bars yes. and then explodes. Explodes and that's really good. Um, and yeah. they get covered in ash. Obviously, they're not wearing res- respirators or anything like that. No. You know, no, they cu- they've, you? Cu- they've come into contact with an extraterrestrial race, <laughs> but they're just going to go down there in a pinstripe suit. And um, it's, it's really th- nice this- to see that. Bear- bearing in mind that we were very kind of sniffy about things like things like that, the 1950s, just going, oh yeah, you know, kind of British stiff upper lip, <laughs> you know, like the original Quatermass one. You know, just just get some sandbags and a blanket, and we'll be fine. <laughs> you know, kind of forty years later, forty years Spray later, some we had water a lot of things. Yeah, that's right. Oh, don't worry about it. Just touch it. It's fine. These exploding bodies are literally taken um, piece for piece from the Quatermass conclusion because exactly the same thing happens in one of the episodes, but in a much, much. uh, It's horrible. It's a it's a young girl and she explodes and it's really Mm. like. (gasps) Whereas this is just. Quite comedic, isn't mm. it? All of this is a bit like a Kenny mm. Everett kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. It's yeah. very Kenny Everett, isn't it? Like, and this is when the the desiccated um, sex worker comes back alive, 
And there's a there's a, a tracking shot where you you see that basically you can see the the amount of pubes they put onto the <laughs> on the yeah. model as well. Yeah. But the model is weird, isn't it? Yeah, because it kind when, of like when it, when it explodes, it kind of bubbles. It looks like Vivian so, Westwood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. But I think it was a bit of a sexy model. <laughs> well, okay. I think okay. they tried to make it look sexy, and I think that was quite weird. Yeah, and then oh, she explodes yeah. as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's, she again, explodes. But it's one of those things you feel like, imagine all the time they would have made, taken to make those things. Just These to, models. Yeah, yeah, just to blow them up. But, weeks and yeah. weeks and weeks and yeah. weeks to yeah. make stuff like that practical. Like, they do all that stuff with computers now, and it looks shit. And this, this also looks shit, but it looks better because it's a real thing. Mm. And I think the impact of... The explosions happening in real time with with the actors is a lot more believable than actors just kind of in in modern films just going to mug in for the camera um, and then putting it all together in the edit. But imagine the fear of the special effects guys and also the camera guys thinking like I've got one chance to get this right. If it doesn't blow up <laughs> properly, that's it. We're fucked. If I don't, if I you know, if there's a hair in the gate or something. This is like yeah, weeks yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah. Hi, it's Ross from the General Witchfinders. Did you know that I also do another podcast with my friend David? Hello. No, I had fans of that. You're not taking this seriously, Ross. David and I do our own supernatural research and investigations in our home county of Dorset. So, if you think that's up your street, why don't you give it a listen? It's Dark Darset, D-A-R-Z-E-T. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's not Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Meanwhile, we're told that amazingly, <laughs> um, Carlson, the commander of the Churchill, has indeed survived. Yes. And he's landed in Texas, in inverted commas, yeah. which if that's Texas... You know, I'm I'm a Dutchman. It didn't look any. It was just a rain swept Texas. It was and just then, in the dark as well. It was just the it? dark. There was yeah. no. Um, and he, he's given about ten seconds recuperation time. Literally, the next shot is him walking down a corridor. That, and he's like, "Get him over edit, here." The edit is really weird. We, I thought that because I was the, like, what? The, "What?" The voice <laughs> is over the scene where he's already walking in, which is really mm. strange. And all he's done is. That all they've let him do is shave his beard off. Yeah. So he's been in space long enough to sh- grow a beard. Yeah. It, it, none of the time, like none of the time, time yeah. frame on this makes sense. Well, you kind of see a flashback of him like being the the sole survivor. Or, yes. On the Demeter. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like setting fire to like the yes. The, the, I thought you looked like your mate Matt James when he had his little beard. He did. He has got a touch of Matt about yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. But also they say something like, "We we won't we won't." Question for very long because we know you, you'd probably rather be with, with, with a, a pretty young nurse, long or, lady. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Again, it's it's very of the time, isn't it? It's very very of the time. And what he then tells us is when they got the vampires back on board, everyone started going a bit bonkers, including sort of like the, the radar engineer, for want of a better term. Um, he allegedly went mad and smashed up the radio. Um, and then one by one, they've all been killed off. He realized he was like, oh my god it's the vampires that are making us do this Aye! and you know they they're they're draining our life force and then he's like i had to do anything to stop them getting back to earth and so we get we he's english like, don't do american accent no he's no, not he's, he's american is he he's oh, american okay. i'm sorry i take that back <laughs> jesus mate he's american all the once. way through the film he's all the way through. i'm sorry right it's what? the uh the, SA, the sas officers <laughs> english how uh, can you think you know we're talking about of earth yeah sorry Right, I okay, watched, so, I'm watching it with subtitles at the moment. Right, so. okay. So he's like, <laughs> I, I had to do anything to stop them getting back to Earth. So once again, our whole thing of just, just point it into deep space, just point yep. the shuttle in deep space or yeah. into the sun. But it anyway, like Tommy Lee Jones a bit. I a little as well. Yeah, some of yeah. that. And so it, they, he then says that he decided to set a fire on board um, to mm. see to it that they were all killed. And then he escapes in the, the one man escape pod. Uh, and so he's like, oh my God, they're here. Oh, I would no, that's the last thing I wanted. Um, but actually, I do really want well, to see actually, her tits But again. then, yes, because that's what it all kind of turns out, doesn't it? Is yes. that in fact, this is not perhaps the whole truth. Um, and then we get back He's to He's an unreliable ch- narrator, isn't he, James? He is indeed, John. So then we then get what is like, in many ways, the second film in this triumvir. You know, so you've, we've had like weird <laughs> aliens. Now we yeah. get like this bizarre kind of psychodrama, which is odd, yeah. in that yeah. we learn that Carlson, because of him, we learn later on canoodling with space space vampire. But he says, "Oh, I've got I've got a connection with her, and he can like see where she is in inverted commas." And that's when we <laughs> learn that she's taken on somebody else's, or you know, she's kind of possessed somebody else. So essentially, so again, the SAS, the SAS man who's meant to be um, yeah. looking for the the alien, aliens, it's just sitting in a room watching the astronaut sleep he's, uh, he's having a nightmare well, isn't yeah, it yeah so he's having a nightmare <laughs> and then he essentially he sees the he sees the, the actual bat form of the of the um yes of the vampire then he sees that the woman and then they start having sex in some kind of Again. crypt 
which you yeah. later you find out later on where that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he said, "Perfectly say, normal." Uh, and then he Finley comes <laughs> down and said, "Oh, I think that you're um, sharing some kind of psychic link with her." Have you ever been hypnotized? And then they, he, he goes on to hypnotize him. Yes. Which is again what happens in uh, the black and Quater white mass. crater mass, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, good point. Good point. Uh, um, it happens in. Is it not also the bit where they um, put the thing, the headset on in Quatermass and the Pit, and they um, have the flashbacks to the oh. when the Martians are? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Good yeah. point, John. So then we see um, the the woman uh, who is now uh, the woman alien. Somebody taken, else. Uh, yeah, it's taken another form. Uh, another form, and it's just wandering around uh, a field, like John said, like in a bit of a... in Yorkshire. For, yeah. for no reason whatsoever. No reason why, why did they say she's gone so far? Yorkshire, yeah. Yorkshire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And that's when I was like, for the, this is the first time I was like, what's actually happening now in this film? What's, <laughs> what? What is this it turned into like, something else? It looks a lot like around Avebury in Wiltshire. It um, does. It does. Which is quite strange. And I thought, oh, we're going to pull back and see um, Silbury Hill and say, oh, this yes. is to do with aliens. But then we yeah. don't, that doesn't happen at no, all. Unfortunately not. We, right. we segue into a sequence which can only be described as like an X-rated Last of the Summer Wine, as I uh, said earlier, yes. where a man in a white Volvo in a leather jerkin or something like that is kind of... Prop- Seduced. Yeah, propositioned by her, and she flashes her knickers at him in the car I've, as he's driving along. I wrote that this has gone very porno. Yeah. That was my note, and I've underlined the word very. It's very Mary Millington kind of yes. mid-70s weird soft porn, isn't it? Yeah, it's very yes. strange. Um, um so and I, we uh, don't why is that happening you're not really told why that's no, happening are you? but again this why is all she's c- jumped into another form another person yes exactly there's yeah. no real rhyme or reason given for that no why is no. she doing it why yeah. does she just you know take the life force of the guy right then and there it also it was like what this is all bizarre but then they're going to him can you tell the not the car but the the license plate of the car and yeah. he's like yes i can and he just like tells them it's straight off and so like right let's track that down and so they then go okay it's um they find the guy and they, and they kind of intimate he's he's had a lot of sex don't yeah, they yeah. reading between yeah, the lines please that wasn't just me <laughs> yeah. he's physically exhausted he's basically been shagged to death but he's still alive <laughs> but we're told that he's dropped her back at a psychiatric hospital where she works and that's when i was yes. like what why what's why? going on this is but it, this but is also mad. is the psychiatric hospital meant to be in yorkshire at this yes. point yes Right. I felt, I it's thought okay. so, John. Totally. Yeah, and also I they thought say, that that was at that point quite close to London, and I don't know why they dropped Yorkshire in. It was just I don't know why. Yeah. It's such yeah, yeah, an yeah, odd yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. So they barge their way into oh, a bedroom. Hold on, just before, just before we get up to that, Ross. <laughs> I know that's always on your mind, but we should point out for people that the other big event that's going on is that the the vampire spaceship has now turned up in Earth orbit, oh, yes. or is on its way, and we learn this because NASA are tracking it, and they mm. go. Look, look, look at it it's enormous uh, but then what i really like is i really like how how that like the nasa engineer has to touch the screen yeah right just to like say look there it is <laughs> like he runs his finger across it like, yeah we can see mate that was but a really unnecessary you can tell touch. it's nasa because they, they got a, a room with like about three tv screens and then clocks showed what time it is all oh, around the world it, yes yeah. correct tokyo <laughs> moscow probably uh, so Peckham. they so, so yeah so so they indicate so they establish that the vampire ship is now on a not if not a collision for course course for earth it's going to be with us very very soon 
We then jump back to knights in Yorkshire and the uh, our intrepid squad made up of Carlson, Kane, the SAS guy in his Mac, and the Home Office Minister. Uh, they turn up via helicopter at this mm. Yorkshire high security mental hospital. Mm. And as you said, bring out Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. we it. Our man, Patrick Stewart, is brought out as Sir Pat. Oh, before exactly, that, they, yes. they, they burst into the woman's bedroom. And no, they don't. Yeah, they, I'm watching it now. Patrick Stewart oh, comes right. in after they've... Um... <laughs> All right, sorry, mate. Sorry, uh, sorry. 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 I, I thought that they landed in the helicopter and he came and met them off the helicopter. Ooh. Yeah, he does. And then okay. they go... And... Sorry. Yes, you're right. Oh, it's only one podcast, <laughs> yeah. Eva. Right, anyway. Right, so they turn up. Patrick Stewart's like, oh, this is all very... And he's full Patrick Stewart as well. Mm. The, the yes. full um, Shakespearean you know full queen's english you know all of that um and he's like it's what's going on this is all very funny and they're like right but do you know where this nurse is yes right we need to go and see her and they burst into her room which is the most bonkers 80s room isn't it yeah yeah a bowie poster is from about 1977 so it's not even a contemporary poster contemporary and and a crying something the, now, those were very popular in the early 1980s. I seem to remember one of my sisters had some kind of art featuring that as well. A kind of a, uh, it is a clown, but it's like a French Frere. Poirot yeah. clown. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, always yeah, a yeah. girl as a French Poirot clown. It was very popular in the 80s. You'll have to trust me, teenagers. Um, so she's got that <laughs> up. And then she's got all kinds of like weird cartoons. And Mumbo jumbo. Things up on, bizarre stuff up. Anyway... Um, <laughs> Uh, Carlson basically grabs hold of her, and I, I, yes. I, I felt this was quite uncomfortable. This sequence, yes. And uh, Kane, the SAS guy, is like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Don't, don't ask me how, but I, I can tell that the alien is inside her." <laughs> okay, right, yeah. fine. And then implies that she, she likes it if she, when you're really rough with her, and then pulls her back down to show that she's got the, some whip marks on her. The, the line, yes. Ross, is. This woman is an ex- this woman is an extreme masochist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So is that the and woman then, or is that the space I think, vampire? Exactly. They don't they don't establish. I think it's and the woman. He, yeah. Carl, Carlson says to Kane, "You might want to get out of the room while I'm doing this," which is weird. Yeah. That's yeah. not cool. No. And then Kane sits down and goes, oh, "Don't worry about it. I'm a natural voyeur." It's I was like, "Oh." So weird. <laughs> Oh, it's so this, weird. this whole thing is making me really uncomfortable. It's, it's very it's really Herbert. Unpleasant. Yes, it's, it's very not, odd. It's not cool. And again, it's like another film. It's like some bizarre yes. kind of psychodrama. It's weird. And then he's like, "Are you in there? Are you in there?" And I was like, "At which point?" And then they kind of established that she was in there, but she's not in there now. Mm. Am I right? Again, it, it I don't all, know. I thought she was still in there. I, well, they kind of imply that she's gone somewhere else, but they don't, because I think it's setting up this twist, which is... But where has it. she gone? Well, that's a well, twist. Well, they say... They come down and but, say it's like some... Oh, oh has, Right. They then say to Patrick Stewart, how, do, do you, how well do you know the, the people in in this hospital? And he goes, all right, rather well, I think. And he goes, all right, what about this? He's a fat man <laughs> with a ginormous <laughs> birthmark on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I think most All people right, would probably yeah. be able to spot him. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. yes, he's a child killer. And they then take <laughs> him to the cell of the child killer. And it's like the most Victorian looking cell. He yeah, is fully, the, looks, uh, you know, chained to the bed. He's been a very like, naughty boy. Yeah, and apparently Patrick that was an ad lip line by Patrick. He wanted to <laughs> wow. 
It's the it class looks very much like the um, the mental um, institution in um, Frankenstein and the monster from hell. Or the place mm. I lived in once, remember? The convert- converted <laughs> yeah. metal asylum. Yes, yeah, I remember Cleves. And then this is the point when I sent the, my two co-hosts here a shot of my, my notes that I'd written. I just written in capital letters, what the fuck is happening at this point? Because they're like, do you think it's at the child killer? Well, let's find out. Oh, don't disturb him. And then suddenly they attack Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Yes. So they've and established they go, there's a special, there's a special um, <laughs> drug which will make it so that you can be hypnotised. Yeah, and, and they get it, and then they stab Patrick Stewart with it, and then he has yeah. like a massive like That's freak, out. freak out. Yes. <laughs> it's brilliant, and I think when I've watched how actors work, I think that he went further than he said that he probably would do in the first place. Yeah. Yes, and I think the other guy went with it, and I I just yeah. thought this is mental. Like, yeah, imagine having to try and hold down Patrick Stewart. So but yeah, he he goes absolutely. He's down. throwing himself around wildly, and he's then like, um, of... he looks like Ian Curtis of Joy Division. Horizontal, and uh, and there was a point I thought, oh well, you he's know, this control. is. This is perhaps episode 39's moment when I can finally su- supersede. You're a country lad, you know what a rat sounds like. <laughs> because um, Carlson grabs Patrick Stewart and just goes, Where's your body? <laughs> <laughs> the, the body goes on for about a minute of screen time. Where's your body? <laughs> it's remarkable. It's a brilliant film. Audley doesn't know what the hell is going on. Going on. And then we get what I put down as a poltergeist knockoff sequence. Like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's well done, though, isn't it? And again, it's like from a different film. Yeah. And the guy guy who plays um, Light in Ghost Light keeps coming in uh, and looking incredulously around. Yeah. In a a kind of semi comedic way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, it's hard to tell, isn't it, if it's meant to be comedic. And then we're told, we then go, ha this is all part of some huge ruse that we knew the moment we turned up that, that the alien was in Patrick Stewart. Yeah. You're like, then why did you go and do all that thing with that poor yeah. nurse? Yeah. I, I didn't get what? all What? What? Yeah, yeah, that was, and this is when I put down, like, what is actually happening in this film? Yeah. And then the film changes gear yet again, as we're told that Frank Finley, a.k.a. our necromancer, whatever is it, uh, Falada, oh, Falada's on the phone for you. Okay. Yeah. And what we then get, I've put is... Um, Hello, gentlemen. I've been involved in a massive action sequence, and now have some plot explication. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> none of it was scene, so Don't worry about that. Scene, and we are told in once again a scene that was quite clearly like cut for time or cut for money that they found out that about the whole body swapping thing, and that the two male vampires who up until this point to be totally forgotten about why no one was even mentioning them in the film yeah. they took over the two paratroopers who were trying to kill them earlier 
Yeah. So even though they had their own original faces, they were in the bodies of the parachute. It it's all yeah. very. It doesn't make any sense. So no. they've just been running around. But then we we found that that Frank Finley says, "Oh well, I managed to kill one of them by doing the old fashioned thing of ramming some iron into them." Yeah. Why was that? Because it looked like a steep top of a steeple or something. Didn't yeah. It? Where it did he get yeah. that the sword? Yeah. And again, yeah. that felt like see because he has like a whole box of stuff dropped off to him. Like right. vampire hunting stuff. That it, and I kind of read between the lines. I just thought, oh, well, obviously he's supposed to be somebody that's into all of this sort of stuff. And so he's like, go, go and get me, boys, go and get me my best vampire hunting kit. Mm. But it, it felt really weird and oddly tacked on. Mm. And then so they're like, oh, wouldn't you know it? That, you know, the old myths about vampires, that's how you kill them. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but not and, in the heart. It's just a, but not a, a little bit heart. lower than that's the heart. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. The, power, the power point or something, he says. Mm. Yeah, it's where your chi is. Um, I seem to remember from Ooh, going to Ikea. Okay, very nice. Well, from going to Ikea, did you say? <laughs> Aikido. Oh, right, okay. I, <laughs> I thought, thought you said, going said Ikea, Ikea, Ikea as well. When I had that guy who, um, he was, I, I went to Aikido and it was quite good mm. when it started off, but then mm. it got a little bit like wooey. And like, this guy did, said, did, he, did he want you to come around his house, Ross? Well, the, <laughs> like the big, the big sensei turned up and he had a big, <laughs> he had a big medallion of like crop circles around his neck. <laughs> And he, while he was getting changed, he was standing in front of me with just his pants. And I go, do you know what that is? Like pointing to his crop circle. And he goes, uh, I said, yeah. So like, do you want to see circle. my crop circle? <laughs> yeah. And he says, do you believe in them? I go, no. And he's going, well, you know, there's a lot more, there's a lot more in this universe than, than you know and stuff. And then later on, he was doing a thing where he would, people would run at him and he would just like throw his arms out and everyone would just like fly everywhere because it was all like this whole like, you know, mass hypnosis thing of like him being able to oh. like use his, he was saying he's using his chi to throw people so he could do martial arts without touching wow. anyone. And that's what I Where left. is this man now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I left after that point because I was thinking. <laughs> Another <laughs> incredible chapter in the life of Ross Glover. Yeah. <laughs> right there, right, that's good Ross. That's good. I love it. Right. So, so the helicopter in Patrick Stewart back to London. Yes, uh, this is right. my favourite scene. Yeah, so it goes t- bonkers tell us about so at this John. point. They're basically just inside a helicopter mm. set with someone spraying um, fog at the window. Yes. And it looks really bad, doesn't it? Yeah. But then mm. there's a waxwork of Patrick Stewart and the other man. Who have both died, haven't they? Who have both died. Both di- and yes. blood starts coming out of their mouths and their eyes. <laughs> And it turns into a naked woman that talks to them and then falls through the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's and, nuts. And whilst this is happening, the whole of, Lo- of London has <laughs> gone insane. And, and, and gone into martial law. This is also the sequence, Ross, when, uh, once again, uh, Falada, Falada says to Carlson, what actually happened up there? You've got to tell me! You know, and so during the, like, he then kind of bullies out of him. He's oh, like, yes. well, you, you know how I told you that, you know, the, the vampires killed all the crew. Oh, maybe a bit of a fib. It was me who smashed up all of the stuff because I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. I can't get her out of my mind, etc., etc. etc. But why did they con- do a big confrontation? Because there was no implication that he told any lies. There was no reason for them know, to have no. any su- su- suspicion of why. I know. It's very, very weird. But then as Ross... Oh, and also I should point out as well that while the blood is coming out of Patrick Stewart and the now dead uh, foreign minister, um, the helicopter pilot freaks out (laughs) and then it cuts to a shot of a helicopter, which is so clearly a model. That's amazing. It was... (laughs) You know, you're like, come on, guys, you didn't even try there. It it looks really weird. (laughs) 
And then he's that like, bit's what? amazing. <laughs> And then, oh dear! Uh, so after the, after the, uh, the the space vampire realised in blood makes her exit from the helicopter, going off who knows where and into who and how yeah. you know she can now just apparently just drop and go wherever she wants, wherever she wants. Um, as Ross says, we're then just told we're getting a phone call from London. London's gone into <laughs> London's descended into chaos. Yeah. And again, it's yeah. like, the BBC said this is, is the this? biggest calamity since the Blitz. Since it's, the Blitz, yeah. and then it cuts <laughs> to zombies eating people's faces. <laughs> yes, yeah. and Tuctonia blowing up. Yeah, why is this happening? It looks a bit worse than the Blitz, to be honest. I know the Blitz was bad, but they weren't eating each other. I don't remember cannibal zombies He's... sucking the life out of people in the Blitz. And the, the the crazy thing I put some of the people that I put they read that there's a punk. Yeah. There's there's a nun, yeah. weirdly yeah, enough. The nun was amazing. And also one who looks a bit like Doc Cotton from EastEnders. Yeah. Time for our, our monthly EastEnders reference. Someone in like, like looks... a full black black and white Adidas tracksuit. Well. Suit. A really odd mixture of people. But then yeah. why has there suddenly been a zombie outbreak? It's not established it at all. It's not. It's not explained. No. no it's so they go see the prime minister. Wait. Yes. Yeah. They say first of all, right. So we've been told that we've got to. We must land here, and you're going to be taking down into what does actually look like the cabinet war rooms doesn't it mm. yes they're, they're down in the cabinet war rooms right and they're like okay here's what's been happening and they go and the prime minister looks flustered he does Sweating. look like a, like a tory mp who's just been caught out in a sex scandal doesn't yeah. he i'll talk to you in a minute and, was this, is, is it secretary called miss havisham which is like, oh, i havisham. thought he was saying miss havisham as well yeah. he is miss havisham and then he's like i'll talk to you in a minute and he gets his secretary miss havisham as the guys say he's like oh come through here miss havisham oh miss havisham again it's very <laughs> sex comedy and then we then learn that what's happened is he has been as in the novel he has been kind of taken over by one of the energy or bitten by one of the energy vampires at some point, I'm guessing. And he sucks her face off. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. run away again and then they have zombies climbing over chasing the helicopter. Them. Yeah, all of a sudden off. zombies start chasing them from somewhere. And the hands sliding off, skin sliding off their hands. They get yeah. like the, the flare gun and fire it into it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, again, yeah. Great. sped up this, from this on, point on. It's brilliant. It's just... Right, yeah. It's just, well... The hilarity is they then go, we've got to go and land in Blackheath or we'll get shot down. So cool. You know, again, close to, as with Deptford, the other, the other, uh, the last time we were doing Quasimass, Blackheath up the road from where I used to live. I was like, hey, I know that bit of the world. Anyway, so they land. It's not Blackheath. It doesn't look anything like Blackheath. And we're, um, we're, we're basically told um, the commander, the, the armed forces commander there basically says, we have been given clearance to drop a nuclear bomb on London. Yes. We've managed to get all of London. Yeah, from NATO. And yeah. NATO, and I put NATO exclamation mark. NATO, NATO <laughs> <laughs> have got involved and said, right, you're going to have to blow up London. This has all got out of hand. And then, very, and very, very, very quickly. I agree. And then, and then someone else goes, oh, the, the, the space. And what about the other huge peril? And the army, the army commander goes, what other huge peril? He goes, the alien spaceship that's turning up any second now. He goes, oh, oh yes, that one. <laughs> what a day. What a day this has been. Jesus. The overtime forms. Right. So what they, they then say is, um, oh, now, hang on, Ross, you may have to get, get, get the points of this right. All I know is that our SAS commander decides 
uh, Kane decides that he's going to charge into central London. Yeah, well, they see a big light out. coming up from St Paul's going into that, space. It's not well, St it's, Paul's. It is absolutely it's not, St. not St Paul's Cathedral. It's, it's a very bad model that doesn't look much like St Paul's. It's called the Cathedral, cathedral. and it's got a very dodgy dome. Yes. So then, this bit reminded me of when um, the Harris from the Rats. I don't know why I remembered his name. Had mm. to drive into London um, and go through all of the. Uh, to get into the centre of London yes. for some reason. Yes. So that he get, he commandeers a car and just drives. The commander's got, and John, is I believe, is it a, is that a Ford Granada estate? It looked oh. like a Granada estate. It's, it's either green. a Granada or a Cortina. I can't remember. Because no. <laughs> my notes are, stand aside, I'm in a Granada estate. That's <laughs> how <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and he doesn't he's even kind of shut an, the window an, when he's driving past zombies. <laughs> and it's like, mate, lock the doors, shut the window. You've got window. hands reaching in, just shut the window. Yeah, so he's basically he says, if I, if I can stop this Mac. from happening within two hours, we we will stop the nuclear bomb going yes. off. And that's yes, it. right. Yeah, so he drives, so, off, drives off, but then um, the, the astronaut goes after him because he's been called by the alien. To the alien, yeah. yeah so yeah. using some kind of sexy sat-nav, yeah. sexy internal sat-nav, because he, <laughs> doesn't know, cool. he, he doesn't know his way around London. But he, he's kind of dri- dri- drawn towards the cathedral in inverted commas, which is not, and I'm going to stress this again, not St. Paul's Cathedral. Because why? <laughs> As we see quite clearly by the tube stop, the way all this is happening, it's Chancery Lane. It's not St. Paul's. It clearly says Chancery Lane Tube Station. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, anywho, I noticed that uh, in the background at one point, there's a prefab sprout poster. Did you see that? I was like, oh, prefab sprout. Okay, interesting. Um, and we then get uh, basically two sequences um, which feature um, our SAS commander, Kane, sort of fighting zombies. It's kind of the classic zombie, you know, being chased by hordes. Uh, he's arms coming through windows, point. arms, yeah. arms, arms being ripped off. All that jazz. But all running all past that, all... Um, Triumph Dolomites, yes. um, Austin Maxis, all uh, uh, minis, just things, obviously. Ten-year-old cars that are probably already so rusty now that they can't be MOT'd and they're ready to be scrapped. <laughs> um, and then he runs into Frank Finley in, in D.D. Denham's yes. headquarters, doesn't he? And you're yes. like, why has he gone there? Because... Yeah. Yeah, he, you think- he was heading towards St. Paul's, wasn't he? Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. And we find that Frank Finley's gone mad, hasn't he, in some way, shape, or been turned, turned into, into a, a vampire. vampire. Yeah. yeah, but you don't know how he's... How? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not all- explained because he's killed no the sense. other vampire. And some yes. vampires, if you shoot them, they explode. But some yeah. vampires, if you shoot them, loads of light fires out of them and it goes yeah, up, yeah, up into yeah, the beam yeah, of light, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. going into space. So you- and some it, vampires, uh, when they're turning into vampires, big bubbles come out of their yeah. head. And some yes. vampires, when you kill them, they turn into the big bat monster. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah. There, no consistency amongst the vampire uh, community, is there? No. So meanwhile as well, um, Carlson has now made his way into the cathedral or, ever it, or the church, wherever it may be. Yeah. He's found uh, his space vampire love. And she's like, <laughs> yes, you need to be with me. And that's when she gives the, uh, as we said, many. right back at the start of this podcast, several years ago when we said the whole thing of ah yes um we made ourselves look exactly like you know we made mm. you fall in love with us but i am in love with you which i thought mm. was a bit weird especially when you see what the vampires actually look like their yeah. true form you're like <laughs> yeah. i'm not and sure if that would says, really work you've been one of us all along all along so which is it yeah. <laughs> and again, I think that's probably a callback to Colin book, Wilson's yeah. original novel mm-hmm. that everyone's yeah, 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 got yeah, yeah. 
energy transference powers, etc., etc. But once again, that's kind of brushed over in a moment. They then start having sex again. Standing um, up sex. Standing yeah. up sex. Um, energy kind of is flowing out of them, heading yeah. up into the alien spaceship. Which is the same effect charging. they used on Ghostbusters and it, all of the films is, in the 80s, yes. isn't it? Indeed so, it is, yeah. yes. It's a very it's good the, effect. I, I, do I wonder what, what it is, though. Yeah. It's, but it's probably like pouring, like, conditioning into some water and swirling it around or something, <laughs> isn't it? It's what um, Ilea, Lieutenant Ilea becomes at one point, I think, doesn't she, on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise? Yes. Which, yeah. obviously, if it's John Dykstra, it's the same yes. effect, I would have thought. Yeah, mm. maybe the, even the same bit of film which he superimposed <laughs> yeah. over the... Most somewhere else. Um, so, meanwhile, and then the, the last laugh-out-loud moment for me in the film is that Kane makes it to the uh, the cathedral, sees that, you know, there's energy flying out the top and thinks, oh, this must be the place. But then also, energy is flying up the, into the, one of the other vampires. Dun, yes. Dun, 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 dun. Um, <laughs> and he is just sort of kind of taking the energy in, and he just looks at him and says in a really odd kind of voiceover voice, it'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh what? And then he shoots him. Yeah. Oh, no, he's he, like, he, he no, he, no, he stabs, stabs him. him. Stabs him with the um the weird like spire bit of metal, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then he the turns into a big bat. He yeah. then as Prudity. Prudity. turns into a big bat and explodes. Yeah. Of course, he runs in. Uh, Kane runs in to the cathedral, looks down into the crypt where they're having their stand up sex, and he shouts, "He goes, <laughs> at him." And Carlson, to start off with, quite understandably, is far more interested <laughs> I'm busy. in what's yeah. directly in front of him. But in like, oh, he kind of sort of regains enough of his humanity for a moment and then kind of sort of puts his hand up. Doesn't need to say, right, kind of drop me the sword. Yeah. He drops him the sword. He drives the sword through the back of the lady space vampire and through him. Mm-hmm. Yes. You'd think killing them both. But yes. maybe not. No, they because they explode, well, don't they? Yeah, they explode. Right. But it shows them then flying up into Being the up, spaceship. Oh yes, take, yeah. They go into a different and then the form umbrella spaceship. Yeah, and then the umbrella spaceship just flies off into space. Then space. It? And then you have the SAS man looking into the space. Space. And then it just zooms off, and that's the end. And then you you hope he manages to call the um, soldiers in time to stop the nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah. on, on London. <laughs> and also, he may hopefully gets that Mac to have a dry clean because once again he has worn that non-stop. Even at the end, I noticed that he tied it back up. <laughs> I thought surely you want to keep cool, but he does change his um, polar net a couple of times. He does. Color, but, yeah, Mac not... is ubiquitous. Yeah, that's bad. Yes. Okay, what what do we think? Well, Insane. I th- I think that this is a natural ebb and flow of this podcast, and I think this is the mm. end of something and the beginning of something new. <laughs> Episode thirty nine. I think we've ended the first sequence of General Witchfinders on a high yeah. with this. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Ooh, wow! And, and I think we can go on into new pastures from this. Wow. Because the, in lots of ways, this film really merges everything that we've watched in the past that's, 40 episodes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's mental that it, that it does mm. that in a, in a one-hour, 40-minute film. Um, for me, it's one of the best things we've watched and one of the worst. But it... It's it's a lot of fun, and it uh, but it does take itself seriously, and then it doesn't take itself seriously. 
It's just a really, really strange film. Yeah, it's bizarre. If you, if you, Three films in one. If you don't yeah. try and think of it to make sense, like, <laughs> and, and if you just watch it for like, like you said, all the money's on the screen because yeah. it's got some amazing um, model effects. It's got some yeah. great stunts. I was just watching it there and seeing like a double decker bus exploding and that <laughs> yeah, stuff. all that stuff is brilliant. <laughs> With the, and the, and on the side of the bus, it was Glasgow's smiles better, which was Glasgow's <laughs> campaign in the nineteen eighties to try and sort of regenerate and rejuvenate oh Glasgow. My God, which the, which used the Mister Men in its advertising. <laughs> I that. You can see it on the side of the bus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, J- J- James. So, yeah. What are you going to give it? I am going to give it. I, I, I despite John's you know passionate implea, it's it's going to be a two out of five for me oh, because James. because sorry John sorry but what I would say is that just to give, put, give me some sort of context that this was my this was my cultural weekend. I watched Killers of the Flower Moon, the Scorsese thing. Then yeah. I got up and I listened to an amazing BBC podcast all about Philip K. Dick's Ubik. Yeah. Um, no, no, not Ubik. Vallis. With yeah. the brilliant Matthew Sweet, who's, I know, a big, big yeah. movie and what have you. So two really amazing bits of high culture. And then I watched this film. So it was a bit like doing a really sharp handbrake turn in a car. It's like, oh my God, what the, whoa. Um, and so you do have to say, as said, in terms of, you know, kind of plot holy, um, yes. it's it's massively inconsistent. Like I said, such bizarre script, screen, script writing choices of points. But yeah. I said, there's... I'm not saying it's a zero Christ don't watch it because there, as you said, there is fun to be had in watching it. So, all right, I'm going to put it up to two and a half. Well done. <laughs> it's hugely enjoyable in, in uh, speech marks. I, yeah. I, I originally put one out of five, <gasps> but what talking to you about it and watching as it always. again today, I'm going to put it to a three because <gasps> um, yeah, it, it was fun. I can't believe I that you didn't give it for three for boobs, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently I, most of the 18 minutes that was cut out were sex scenes. Um, really? Yeah. I would say that in terms of enjoyment level for me, it's it's up there with the best things we've covered. Okay. Wow. Even with The Road, even with wow. um, Stone Tape. <laughs> yeah. and what wow. else have we done recently that I've... Um, all, 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 the, I'll come to you. all the Quater Masses. I think it's up there because it's just so mental. Yeah. And it ne- each scene is like they're trying to make a scene as dissimilar to the last scene that they just <laughs> yeah. made. Yeah. Yeah. So what have we just done, guys? Oh, we did the dialogue about the... Yeah, okay. Forget all that. Now we... <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a brilliant film. Yeah, there yeah. we are. It's, it's like they're doing. It's like Bake Off. It's like a themed week. And this week <laughs> yeah. we're, doing we're doing zombies. Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring in zombies. Yeah, and it's a film they could only have made in the eighties. You, you, they will yes. never make a film like this again. No, no. So on next time, it's our uh, every ten episodes we tend to throw it over to the um, audience. Um, we, have, we haven't done any Big Chris Lee for a long time. Oh. Yes. And there are five Hammer Horror, um, Hammer Horror Dracula films Draculas. we haven't done yet. Um, I don't want to do the first one because I think it's, it's such a well-trod story. Um, mm. I think We've done it already, haven't we? No, we've never done the original Dracula. Oh, so, good Lord. I thought we'd done that. No, so... I, Frankenstein. I'm going to put it up onto yes. our Twitter or on our X, which is twitter.com Twitter. forward slash general which one, the numeral one. 
So if you're not uh, following us on Twitter um, and you've left it, well, I don't know what we're going to do about that. But, you know... We'll, uh, we'll sort of blue uh, sky out. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we're, we're sort of... Sorry. But anyway, that's where we're going to put it in the poll. Um, mm. So we want you to vote between The Brides of Dracula, Dracula's Prince of Darkness, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, and Taste the Blood of Dracula. John is now going to do a passion um, plea to, to get you to vote the way he wants it to go. Uh, well, Brides of Dracula is beautifully shot, doesn't even feature Dracula, um, and is a really very well-made film. Taste the Blood of Dracula is the best of the rest. Um, Dracula, Prince of Darkness is very slow, and Dracula doesn't even have any dialogue in it. Um, Another payday for Chris Lee. It <laughs> says a lot about the quality of the film. Hiya, Pud. Uh, the cat's just come in. And then, um, what was the other one? Dracula is Risen from, from the, the grave. grave. Is a very poor 60s psychedelic Dracula film with lots of weird filters. It's very, it's a really dull. Okay. Um, yeah. So there make of are. that what you will. Um, try yeah. not to um, torture us and give us something good to watch, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All of them are better than uh, Extra, please, to be honest. <laughs> Until next time. Uh, great to see you all and um, happy day thanks for listening everyone love light and peace you have been listening to the general witch finders support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witch finders subscribe and spread the word at generalwitchfinders.com Farewell. You don't have nightmares.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.